Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Glenn. Here we are back again. Today's topic is uh, Christmas in Australia. And given the fact that Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, we have our summer period. So typically, our Christmas is very, very hot. That's right. And even though most Australians probably come from a heritage of having hot Christmas dinners, I think that they um, and often find it very hard to do away with the traditional roast turkey, ham, etc. Most of us are very sorely tempted on a day that's 30, 35 degrees to have cold food. I think many people that I've met around the world find it really odd that Christmas can be in hot weather and they always say, well, it just can't be Christmas mm. if it's not cold. What, what have you found with that? Mm. I've had a couple of Christmases myself uh, in Europe as well as in America and so I, I suppose I've experienced the, the bleak cold weather on a Christmas day and you certainly do appreciate a warm meal on that day but I know for myself I've got to have... I've got to have a hot meal on Christmas Day. Really? And I know with, uh, with my family always, we've had uh, our special lunch, or our special Christmas meal um, at lunchtime on, uh, on Christmas Day. And we'll never have it on Christmas Eve or, uh, or Chris on uh, the evening of Christmas Day. It's always got to be a Christmas lunch. And I think that is an Australian tradition. It certainly is. But... A lot of Australians, especially if it's hot weather, they they won't go the hot meal. I know that about a week before Christmas, everyone's always looking out for the long-term weather forecast and mm. breathing a sigh of relief if it's not quite so hot. But a lot of Australians um, will also traditionally have things like seafood, prawns and oysters. That's what we do, prawns mm. and oysters and um, lovely cold sliced beef and beautiful salads and summer pudding. Have you ever had summer pudding? Summer pudding. I haven't. So we just have plum pudding. I know. So okay. well, plum pudding is the traditional thing you'd have in cold weather, but summer pudding in Australia is made from fresh berries, which are in season in summer, and uh, you basically wrap it in sort of stale white bread and seep it in berry juice and turn it over, like unmould it on the day and it's absolutely beautiful and refreshing. Mm, I'm learning something myself today. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> tradition, uh, traditionally with, uh, with decorations, and I think it's significantly different around the world, no. but um, in Australia, of course, we have our Christmas tree with mm. the baubles and, um, and fairy lights, of course. And tinsel and tinsel, decorations. Yeah, and we all put, or well, not everyone, but most people would put up their tree on roughly the, the 1st of December. Mm, mm, Sometimes mm. I can't help myself and I put it up towards the end of November. <laughs> you shouldn't. No. <laughs> anyway, I love, I love having the decorations up and of an evening, um, turning on the lights. And I know, uh, well, on the 5th of January, once again, that's tradition that you put, uh, that's when you, you take, down the, take down the tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, the traditional tris- Christmas tree comes from the northern hemisphere, all the fir trees in the mm. forest. And people used to, they probably don't now, used to actually go out into the forest and cut their and own cut down. fir mm. tree down. Now, it's r- ridiculous, really, in Australia. We all have them. We all have our Christmas trees, but more often than not, they're fake ones. Mm. <laughs> well, they're cheaper. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is nice to have a real Christmas tree if you can get one. Um, I actually think, having spent... Christmas in cold climates in the past, in England and in France, 
they do do Christmas very well. Mm. And mm. there is a real sense of cosiness mm. when you look in people's windows and see the trees and there often is snow falling mm. outside and they really, really go over the top with the decorations in shop windows and the fairy lights all through the streets. I spent Christmas in England one particular year and I had this huge Christmas market where you'd eat um, hot um, chestnuts, chestnuts. Mm. and drink uh, mulled wine and everything to mm. be warmed up. Whereas here in Australia, you know, you'd be having champagne and anything that would keep you cool. Yeah. But I, I do actually... You wouldn't say that there's a traditional uh, Christmas drink in Australia, though. It really is just wine and, and champagne. champagne. And you can't label champagne. them as... And uh, beer. And beer. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But I actually think the biggest difference in atmosphere um, in Australia compared to European countries or Northern Hemisphere anyway is that um, because we have the six-week traditional summer break over Christmas, mm. everything is much more relaxed. People know they're about to start mm. on holidays, maybe go to the beach for a few mm. weeks or what have you. So it has a different feel. But, of course, not everyone has that six-week uh, six week break. Now, Glenn, I was just wondering, though, I mean, I teach um, a lot of girls that aren't actually of a Christian religion. Mm. And yet many of them will still obviously share, do something on Christmas Day that's special. Um and so I'm often at pains to explain to them the significance of Christmas because actually many students don't realise the religious mm. significance of Christmas. Do you find the same thing at your school? No, mm, I, suppose I not, think no. at the school that I work at, most of the students are from an Anglo-Saxon background mm, mm, mm. and it's actually a Presbyterian school. Uh, so Christmas is, you might say, universally celebrated right, okay. at my school and the meaning of it. Um, you know, it may have some kind of religious significance for them, but not necessarily. I suppose for a number of the students, it's largely the commercial element of the site of, mm, uh, mm. of the of the occasion, which is the most appealing. Mm. Well, often I do a unit. Well, every year I do a unit at the end of the year on Christmas, even though many of my students are not Christian, but they never seem to be averse to learning about um, the birth of Jesus and the wise men and the shepherds and Mary in the stable, etc. They find it's just, as a story, very fascinating. Mm. Um, I suppose uh, mm. when we talk about the religious significance of Christmas, um, like in many other uh, countries in the world, there's a, a, a carols event that you can go mm, to. Mm. In Melbourne, always on the 24th mm, of mm. December, there's an event in the heart of the city at this, uh, this place called the Maya Music Bowl. Mm. And there's a number of celebrities that come along. Well, there's and thousands and thousands of people that go. It's a great family event. Mm. And most celebrities just volunteer, volunteer their time, don't they, mm. to sing. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, I think everyone loves a carol. Mm. Everyone loves a carol. Mm. And on Christmas Eve, you can always go to Midnight Mass, uh, if you wish, depending on your religious persuasion. But I know with uh, with Catholics at 12 o'clock, there's always um, mm, a Mass mm, on, mm, mm. and most churches, you would say. Mm. But if you can't make it to the Midnight Mass, of course, there's a couple of services um, the, the next morning. Just getting back to um, what we were saying before about the like the commercial element of Christmas, that's one thing I, I find... Um, sad, this sort of intensive shopping. What's worse though is 
the way they now open shops on Boxing Day. Mm. And people flock to the shops even as early. I think they're opened at 8 o'clock in the morning, for the, the huge, day after Christmas. The huge sales. For sales. Mm. And I think that's the saddest thing for me about Christmas is that it's become so commercial that people are already sort of, you know, spiralling in on the sales. And to me, that is a real sign of the increased consumerism of Western society, mm. that people have to go and get bargains the day after Christmas when it's meant to be, it is a public holiday and it's meant to be a day of rest mm. for people, mainly to digest all the food they've eaten the day before. <laughs> That's right. Mm, mm. And even in the newspaper, you read the same kind of articles mm. that you read at uh, the same time each year about credit card debt and yeah. you know the kind yeah. of problems that people experience at, uh, at Christmas time. And... Regardless of culture, I don't think uh, yeah, many right. people many people escape these potential problems. Mm, mm. So that's right. Mm. So. You have to say with Christmas that uh, I know in my life it's largely a family event. Yes. Um, a week before Christmas this year, I had um, a group of colleagues come around, and with the assistance of my family, I was able to to put a meal together. And to, to be able to have a group of colleagues around a table and to share a meal, to actually get it together is a feat in itself. Um, but for them to appreciate it and just have, you know, three or four hours worth of discussion and, and have a glass of, glass of wine, you can sort of reminisce about the year that was and what you hope to do for the holidays and what you hope to do for, for the following year. So, I know with all the Christmas events that I've had with work, um, as well as with a few friends, it really is an opportunity and a decent excuse to to get together and converse and try not to spend too much money. Well, it is meant to be the season of goodwill, and you would like to think of it that way, but I also think there's always a small pocket of people out there that, for one reason or another, um, are very saddened by Christmas. You know, if it's been like the anniversary of a death of a loved one or they've lost a loved one, and they miss them at mm. Christmas. Um, so I think that people, you know, if you're thinking of goodwill, that's what they should be mindful of. of mm. Okay, that's the end of today's podcast. Both Lynn and I hope you've enjoyed listening to our conversation. Um, if you want to access the transcript for this conversation, please go to www.worldlanguagespodcasting.com and... As mentioned on all the other podcasts, and I'll repeat myself here, very easy to download, very easy to access, and there's one page worth of exercises um, that you can run through, and that's where you can brush up some of your Christmas vocab. So, hope you enjoyed listening. Take care, and hopefully you can hear from us next time. Thanks, Glenn.